3: This is the best of two pros in a couple Joe with Lavar Arrington, Brady Quinn, and Jonas Knox on Fox Sports Radio.
1: So the Aaron Rodgers uh, experience early with the New York Jets has really, I, I don't know if a lot of people expected Aaron Rodgers, who came from Green Bay and grew up in a small town in Northern California, to really take in the sights and sounds of the big city. But he's at you know every Knicks playoff game, seemingly. He's at... The Rangers uh, games, you know, when they were still actually in the playoffs, he's, you know, just making his roundabout, just uh, doing interviews with Pat McAfee, hanging out with teammates. Well, now you've got teammates with the New York Jets that are talking about. And we spoke yesterday about one of his new teammates, Randall Cobb, brand new signee with the New York Jets. And he's going to be there with the Jets, as Brady Quinn tried to tell everybody about weeks ago. I thought that was me. Was it you? Yeah, it
0: was me. Could have been. I think Brady stole it from me. He said it after.
2: You know, yeah, you know. I, I think I stole it
1: from yeah. you three months ago. I think, when I said this. Yep. Yeah. I think it was three
0: oh. months ago that he stole three months and one day, to be exact, that he stole yep. it from me. Yeah,
1: yep. sounds about right. Yeah, it's Listen,
0: all right. He, he's been he st- does it every once in a while, man. To sound like he really knows what he's talking about. You know what I mean? It's all right. He's just reading off our it. notes.
1: I just let him have it. Yeah. yeah, that's all. You know, I think it was in our notes. In fact, the only time I ever steal from Brady is when I make a bad bet. It's usually because I got bad advice from Brady. See, that's that's what I'm saying. Only time,
0: like, yeah, only time you know that it came from Brady is if I got it
1: wrong. So that's why I can't be held accountable. Yeah, any bad picks or bad. I I just
2: try to encourage you guys betting. Mm -hmm. I I never, I never give uh, unsolicited advice. So (laughs) I'm usually out there being like, "Hey guys, yeah, do that. That sounds like a great bet. Go Jonas. You do You put, you put that money down on that bet, buddy. Yeah." That's, uh, that's 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 it's just encouragement. That's all it is. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, we appreciate. I, sometimes I need that little push. I need that little uh, that a uh, little extra nudge. No, oh, trust Brady me. Playing. Yeah, yeah.
2: Then you then you fall off a cliff without your yes. bets that, on.
1: That that is uh, that is true. Thank you. I uh, feel great about my life right now uh, after hearing that. But Quincy Williams is one of the teammates, brand new teammates of Aaron Rodgers, What's talking up, about <laughs> hi Q. I mean, wait. There's only one
0: Q. <laughs> Yeah. All right. We'll call him quits. Yeah. Uh,
1: talking about right, teaming up with Aaron Rodgers and what it's like, uh, what it's been like there with the Jets and seeing him at offseason workouts, et cetera, et cetera. Here was the Jets' defensive lineman.
3: I ain't going to lie to you. I was kind of starstruck at
0: first because it was like we warm up right next to each other. So it was just like, I was like, hold on, coach. Let me just take a little minute take this in, watch a few throws a little bit, and seeing him in the green. So uh, just took that in a little bit. I was like, all right, now let's get to work. So then like, he. Star he has struck. played his entire career in green. I'm just saying.
1: I mean, does that is that a shot at Zach Wilson for not being able to hit it in the green? Do you think is that is that where that's going? Quincy Williams taking a shot there at Zach Wilson? Is
2: that- no, come on, dude. Like Rodgers is a four-time MVP and won a Super Bowl. Like these kids have grown up their entire life playing football, and they've looked they've they've like watched the Packers, and it's been Aaron Rodgers. That's, that's all they know. Yeah. I mean it's it's more of, I think that is if you think about it I mean he's played long enough now where I mean I'm, I guess technically it could be some of these guys daddies.
1: Yeah. You
2: know? <laughs> he's that he's played that long in the NFL.
1: Yeah, it's been a long ass time. He could Eight, be someone's daddy. 18 years and uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's 2005. Uh, 18 years of the Packers now he's a New York Jet. When does this whole media circus and Rogers watch and everybody. Fu- when does that get old for him? When he just finally says, all right, this is a bit much like th- this uh, is enough. Is there a place he can hide out in New York? You guys play there.
2: I, I, I don't think it's about getting old. I think he's even said it. He, he's showed up at the beginning of this. He's going to be there to set the tone. He will probably not be there for the second half of this, you know, phase there's phase one, phase two of the off season program. I would imagine that he'll come back when they do some some OTAs and mini camp, but he's not going to stick around for the entirety of it. You know I think he comes around, does what the organization is hoping he's going to do, he does what he wants to do to feel like he's comfortable and confident, um, you know going through the, the spring and summer, and making sure he's ready for training camp. like I think that's how this is going to go, so he's there now, but like in a couple of weeks, like yeah I don't, I don't know that he's going to be around as much,
1: mm. I just hope that these guys, these Jets teammates, understand what they're getting into. All right, what are they getting into? Well, all right. So let me explain this uh, because I have intimate knowledge and firsthand experience of this. Oh, here we go. When you work and are surrounded by fame and people that are very famous, and I'm around it every single morning, being around Brady Quinn and Levar Arrington, when you go out with Brady Quinn and Levar Arrington, there is a circus that comes along with it. Case in point, Breeders' Cup. There with Brady Quinn walking around at multiple times was I asked to hold a camera so I could take a picture of Brady Quinn and some fanboy. Who thinks that him and Brady are buddies because uh, they happen to be in the same golf club house called the 19th hole somewhere in South Florida talking about college football. So there's that. Uh, And then what also comes along with it is that they're not going to know who the hell you are. Like case in point, meeting friends of Brady Quinn uh, who are in the restaurant industry, who at the end of it thought that I was his producer. Like they're not going to know that. And then when you go out with LeVar and you're hanging out, you know, downstairs at the hotel bar and just kind of having a cocktail at Super Bowl week. No one knows who you are. Like,
0: you are. And in fact, they'll tell you, do not bring your food in here and eat it because you are not allowed. See, but the problem is, when friend. I got
1: there, <laughs> friend, when I got friend. there, they said, hey, LeVar, your driver's here. And I said, hold on a second. We work together. We're on the same show. But these guys have to understand, this is what comes along with attaching yourself to somebody who's significantly huh. which, more famous than you which if there
0: if my driver was there it was my driver that I ordered <laughs> the, the, the car <laughs> so it's not like I mean, you know what I mean? it's not like I'm a big deal and Fox Sports Radio had a car come get me and they didn't have one come get you you know I
1: I get my own car. They don't know who the hell I am. They know who you are. That's the moral nah, of the story. That's here. not true. And this is what these guys are going to have to deal with. So if they want to go but hang I out I mean, you're Rogers- right. Your
0: point is correct. <laughs> But you just it was misguided on you trying to use me as an example. You're, I
2: mean, you're just saying these are the sorts of things that they're gonna have to discover. Yeah, there's this some way. pitfalls. Yeah. There's yeah. some
1: pitfalls. This is what they're comes along to, with
2: they're just gonna have to discover this, huh? Yeah.
1: They they're gonna have to, you know, figure this whole thing out and they're gonna have to discover the entire <laughs> yeah. thing entirely. And speaking of which, we are brought to you by Discover. at the end of your first year, <laughs> Discover credit cards automatically double all the cash back you've earned. That's oh, right, everything that's so you earn, funny. doubled seriously see terms, and check it out for yourself at Discover.com. Com forward slash discover match. him in green hey
2: lee we got it in bud yeah we got it in
0: lee got that thanks in. you guys hey <laughs> no worries lee coop <laughs> is up lee is down <laughs> hey coop be taking his time getting up too lee be sitting there pacing back and forth like that's it's because he's a like, movie star dude is coop gonna get back See, up that, that is too is coop gonna get i, on I thought up? it was the weed
1: that's oh.
0: what oh jeez oh, wow <laughs> <What>? oh, wow
1: <laughs> birdo is that can you confirm that birdo is that also part of the demeanor and uh, what comes along with Coop?
0: Oh wow! Yeah, I mean, jeez, we just it's opened in 2023, huh? Okay. Yeah, it's okay. Just <laughs> wide just open tits. in 2023. Hey, if
1: Brian Dayball could vape at the at the draft, I mean,
0: cats do be vaping. He did have his hand over that vape, and it's so funny how they put their hands over it. It's like everybody does it the same exact way. Like you cover it with your hand so nobody can see it, but. You know that that's the vape. That's the vape hand. So there's no reason to do it. You might as well just vape it. You know, Can you there vape has on a plane. To be
2: like a, a performance enhancing element to it, right? To the vape, they must be thinking it like helps them. You know,
1: in, in that way. I don't know. Doesn't Gus Johnson vape? Like I'm, there's video. I, I
0: don't get involved in all well, no, that, but those types of conversations. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't have, even I know, no know what you're idea. talking about. Uh,
1: okay, I don't know. No that's idea. listen. There was some video that about, came hey, out. Have you ever watched a movie,
2: Lavar? <laughs> <laughs> and never thought about like that guy would be Jonas in the movie?
1: Um,
0: yeah, yeah, a few times, yeah.
2: I was watching uh, what was it that Boogie the Nights the other day? No, 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 no. Trust me, not he wouldn't be in Boogie Nights. Um, what are you talking about? I
1: was holding the, the Departic,
2: and uh, I think it was you know they're talking about this rat. You know? Oh, yeah, <laughs> this this rat yeah. they're trying to find. Yeah. Uh, just reminded rat, me of Jonas
1: rat on who? There was a video of him calling a basketball game. It, like, it went viral. I didn't I mean, see that. Yeah, well, it it's, it's, I'm, a, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, can, uh, what
0: Lee, are ta- here comes Lee to the rescue. I mean, the yeah. Jonas the and Lee, boy, are I tell yeah. you. That yeah. sounded like Dan Patrick from, from yeah. The, yeah. right before the draft. Lee <laughs> is Jonas's chair. <laughs> That's how that works. Jeez. <laughs> yep, I'm looking at it right now, Jonas. Looking I mean, at Johnson. Look at it. I mean, I don't know. Johnson just happened to be kind of funny. that you I said. got
3: this red. this <laughs>
0: no scenario. God dang, Jonas! What are you? talking not <laughs> understand. This Jonas.
1: is like everybody boy. knows
0: this. Boy, Man. oh
1: boy! Oh,
2: I know, LeVar, is. When, you know, when car pulls up. You know, there's a there's a who's driving.
1: Who else do you want to call out, Jonas? Yeah. yeah. Um. God, let me think about it. Who else vapes? I mean, Sean McVay vaped at the Super Bowl parade. Everybody knows that. I mean, you guys are acting like no, they're no walking connective tissue
0: there. You know. You know. What are you talking it's about? Hard. They practice in
1: Thousand Oaks. I live in Thousand There's Oaks. There's no connective tissue there. Okay. Never even met Sean McGill. Oh, I got your connective tissue right cool. here. How's that?
3: Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific.
1: on google play or the app store game on right now we turn it over to the man himself here on a thursday it is a tradition unlike any other it is albert breer senior nfl reporter at the nmmqb you can get him on twitter at albert breer big al what's happening how's your thursday how's the sights and sounds from the porch
4: good 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 i got uh we got we got some leaves in the trees now so everything's coming along Look at that. Oh, nice. Yeah, how about nice. that, right? How about that? Winter's almost over here. You,
0: you going to restart <laughs> your streak today? You know, good, good, strong uh, signal?
4: I, 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 I hope so. I okay. hope so. We got off to – it was a little touch and go there. We uh, had a little bit of a staticky connection, so we had to hang up and call back. I think oh. we're all right oh, okay. now. All right. So, Fingers crossed. Right. Fingers crossed. All right. All
1: right. Albert, we got to get to the bottom of this because this feels like a little bit of friendly fire. So Dewan Jones, uh, he was the <laughs> draft pick of the Cleveland Browns and yep. he took to Twitter yesterday because Brady's buddy Dove Kleiman, who we think is artificial intelligence we don't know that that's actually right. a real person but Dove Kleiman noted that yeah, there was some issues with DeWan Jones in the draft process uh, telling yep. teams he'd rather play in the NBA and not the NFL he also uh, you know attached you on the tweet and said that there was questions about how he had handled the Senior Bowl and his interviews pre-draft, etc, cetera, etc cetera. so Dewan Jones, uh, fellow Buckeye, same with you, wrote, false, like, where do y'all get this information from? So, who was that directed at? Was that at you or AI's Dove climbing?
4: Well, I guess it's kind of like in a gray area. I, Brady knows about this gray area where you say something, and then it sort of gets taken out of context and blown out of proportion, and then you're left to answer for something that really lacks the sort of nuance in what you were trying to say. So, Uh, basically you know, there was a a few different things that happened with Demon Jones over the pre-draft process. One was he had one great day at the Senior Bowl. Social media went crazy over it. And then he sort of packed it in from there. Now, he said he was injured. There were teams that questioned that. Then you go to the Combine. He had put on, I think, six or seven pounds between the Senior Bowl and the Combine. And then in his pro day, he chose not to weigh in, which got a real reaction from NFL teams. So there were questions about how seriously he was taking the pre draft process, which matched up with some things on his reputation at Ohio State. And then as part of like interviewing with teams, what would happen you know, they ask you all kinds of questions. He's a former basketball player. So he told teams that he had dreamed of playing in the NBA, not the NFL. And I'm not saying that was his dream right now, but you know, it had been his dream in the past. And so, you know, you add all this stuff up, and I think you guys know where this goes for NFL teams. It's, all right, so he's got a motivation problem, a weight problem, and we don't know if he really loves football. And that's sort of, I I think, why he fell to the fourth round. I think the Browns did great to get him where they got him. because He's he's an immense talent. But um, it was sort of a piece to this puzzle that teams were putting together in questioning, you know, what this guy's going to look like two, three years from now.
2: Right, which, I mean, again, it's so funny to me, the things that people pick and choose to respond to. uh, Yeah. Which I I remember there was a a quarterback, and I remember a quarterback coach in the NFL telling me this, but he had said in a meeting, like, yeah, I want to be a doctor. Like, I'm going to give the whole NFL thing a try, and things don't work out, I want to be a doctor. And the quarterback coach was, like, rubbed the wrong way by it. And I'm like, like, I'm listening to it going, hold on, the guy wants to be a doctor one day and he's waiting to see how things work out in the NFL, and if they don't, you're going to hold that against him? Like, how much does he really love football? Because supposed to be a doctor? I mean, the reality is, you know, coaches, scouts, people within organizations, they hear things, and they're like, well, if he's not desperate to play football, he must not really love football. And you're like, well, how many guys in the NFL do desperately love football? I mean, mean, you you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like yeah. that's one of the things that gets so overblown, not only from the scouting standpoint, but even just like when people are like, "Oh, a lot of guys do it for the paycheck," <laughs> like, like that, and that's not that's yeah. not the worst thing in the world because like they're incentivized to to go out there and do the job and play well. That's just that's probably a lot of people out there listening right now, Albert, who've got jobs who don't like their job but they're incentivized to do it because their paycheck. Is it not?
4: Right. No. And I, I agree. And I think like part of it is like it's like. So, you know, I obviously, like, I covered the Patriots coming up. So I was around Belichick and those guys. And a lot of what Belichick and those guys built was, you know, kind of um, based off of what Belichick learned from Parcells. There's that term football character, right? And a lot of the guys in that Patriot building would define football character as he needs his next snap of football the same way he needs his next breath of air. You know what I mean? Like he needs football. And, 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 and I know like with a lot of these people, like they felt like the best way to build teams was guys who are obsessed with it because that's how you build a quote unquote culture. And so, you know, I think that's certainly part of it, Brady, is that like you, you, you have people who had to scrap and fight and it took everything they, you know, could everything they had to make it to the NFL and so, like, their entire life is based on that, and they're going to do everything they possibly can to hold on to it. I think with like somebody like Dewan Jones, sort of the flip side of it, where it's like, how, how motivated is this guy going to be to make it? You know what I mean? Like, how – like, if, if this guy's having trouble keeping his weight under 380, let's say, Jeez. before the, – the, like, through the well. biggest job interview of his life, like, how is he – going to do that, you know, in the second, third year of his contract. If we give him a second contract, how is he going to stay motivated through that? Like, that's really what it is.
2: I I get that. I think there's also an element of the, like, he's probably been the biggest human being that most people have ever seen. Like, basically his entire life. And and I also feel like when you're, he's super talented, he's super big. Like, I was shocked, too, that he drafted, you got drafted where he did. But there also has to be an element of, like, doesn't that kind of come with like being the type of guy like that always has had an advantage over every single person he went up against? Like, has there ever been a D end or anyone he's gone up against that's been bigger than him? I'm going to I'm going to venture to say no, nor will there will, will there ever be in the NFL. Like, I, I think in some ways, like that's that's what's challenging is when you've got something that's bigger than you and you've got to take that on and beat it. I don't know that he's ever going to face that, which is probably just a byproduct of of how he's always, you know, how, how he was born, how he's, you know, grown up, and everything else. Like, but I don't know that it needs to be like a a sticking point, does it?
4: It just depends, you know what I mean? Because like it's like the schoolyard bully thing, right? Like it's like if nine times out of ten you've won the fight when you get off the bus. How are you going to react when that's not the dynamic that you're living in anymore? Right, right. Like, I mean, if you're somebody who's that talented, it's like, you know, it's like that. It's like the old Mike Tyson line: everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. Right, like so. You know, if you know if if ninety percent of the time, you well, know, in in college and a hundred percent of the time in high school, you know, he was facing somebody who had no chance against him, and he didn't have to do all the extra little things to make it work. You know, well, what, what's that going to look like when maybe he has a physical advantage over somebody 50% of the time? You know? And um, I think it's a fair, I think that part of it's fair. You know, I think that part of it's fair. And it's, you know, how motivated is he going to be to keep going? And, um, you know, I, I think a huge part of this, Brady, and you know this, and LeVar, you went through it. Like, I, you know, for all these guys, it's like this is the biggest job interview of your life. You have three or four months to put your best foot forward and show NFL people who you are. And, you know, I think like that was sort of where Devon Jones stubbed his toe a bunch is like, well, all right. Like, why didn't you weigh in at your pro day? Like, that's a real red flag, especially after you gained whatever it was, six or seven pounds between the senior bowl and the combine. That's only like three or four weeks between the senior bowl and the combine, right? So... Like I think there are fair questions there, and, um, and and that was the only thing I was sort of getting at. And I think the NBA thing, you know, somebody plucks that out of there. It's like, well, like, you know, he wants to play in the NBA, not the NFL. It's not what I was saying. It was sort of more, this is what he was telling teams, and it was kind of seen as a red flag in that, like, is this guy going to stay motivated um, as a football player when he couldn't even get himself where he needed to be, you know, again over the biggest job interview of his life.
0: Yeah, which is a fair question. Uh let let me you said you were covering the uh, the Patriots. Um what what's the latest with with Mac Jones? I mean, how how is this going to end? Are the trade talks still continuing or are they dwindling a little bit? Like we know that Belichick came out and denied it. They had an opportunity to draft a quarterback. They didn't draft a quarterback. What is really going on from your perspective with Mac Jones and New England?
4: You know, Lavar, it's, it's funny. And we just talked about that whole, you know, the old school way of, of, of looking at things and, um, you know, how how they motivate in a program like that. And, um, you know, I think part of this is sort of knocking him back down and, and, and trying to break him down and build him back up. And, you know, I think to some degree it, it, you can compare it to st- – and I, I feel like we're going back into the eighties a lot here, but like the way Bill Parcells um brought Bill Sims along when he was a young quarterback. And um even like the way that Belichick and Brady interacted when Brady was younger, you know, I I think a lot of things went wrong last year. Um obviously the coaching staff was very, very sideways and the way that thing was set up was unconventional to put it nicely. And um, you know, I, I think the Bill's feeling was you know, even with all of that accounted for, Mac didn't react well, and Mac didn't handle it well, and like there were bigger problems within the locker room because the quarterback didn't handle it well. So, you know, I think basically what this whole off season has been has been Bill sending a message. Like, you're going to have to earn this back now, you know? And I do think he's going to be their starting quarterback in week one. And I do think having Bill O'Brien there is really going to benefit him. And I think Mac's got a chance to be a good quarterback. Do I think he's going to be a great quarterback in the NFL? I don't know if he's got the physical capacity for that. But we've seen him play well. So, you know, I think that really that's what this off season has been about, is, is breaking him down and building him back up. And, um, you know, I think, you know, it's sort of set up in a way where Belichick's the one breaking him down, and I think O'Brien's going to be the one to build him back up. And we'll see where it goes. But I, I do think, like, they're going to give Bailey Zappi a chance to, to take the job from him. And I don't think Bailey Zappi is going to take the job from him. Um, but I do think that all of this is sort of aimed at, at trying to get more out of Mac Jones than they got out of him last year.
1: Uh, Albert Breer you can get him on Twitter at Albert Breer uh, he's a senior NFL reporter at the MMQB joining us here on Fox Sports Radio Albert last one for me uh, I saw you vent a little bit about college football's 12 uh, team playoff schedule coming up I mean what what's your big issue with a sport that we all know and love and for some reason yeah. you had to air it out on social media I mean what's,
4: well what's I don't like to, I just don't understand like like, do these bowl executives have, like, pictures of people or something? Like, it's unbelievable. Like, I, I, like the quarterfinals now are going to be at bowl sites when I think one of the greatest things that college football has going for it is the game day atmosphere, right? In all of these places in South Bend and Columbus and Ann Arbor and State College in Gainesville, in, um, and Gainesville and Tuscaloosa, all these places, like, you that is the greatest natural resource, that one of the greatest natural resources that college football has. Is the atmosphere around its games and and everything that goes on or goes on on campus on game day, and um, you know I understand the semifinals and the finals being at neutral sites that totally makes sense. I don't know how it helps anybody to have the quarterfinals at neutral sites. Like I, it doesn't help alumni who aren't gonna aren't gonna travel three straight weeks for games. It doesn't help the players who are constantly having to be on the road. Um, and, I mean, honestly, like I think it's sort of like what does it do for the bowl games, you know, at the end of the day? I mean, it makes some money, I guess. That's the point of the whole thing, right? But, yeah. like, if you look at it, if you look at it, though, like, I mean, this is – correct me if I'm wrong here. And um, you guys might have the interest. This is like the death of the Rose Bowl team, Big Ten, Pac-12, right? No, I, mean, now, right? I, I mean – Right?
2: I mean – Yes and no, obviously, depending on how – if they wanted to orchestrate it in a way in which you could have a Big Ten Pac-12 representative. I, I would say the death of the Rose Bowl more was born out of the fact that the Pac-12 may not be in existence yeah. as we know it. So <laughs> that right. would probably that would probably be the first thing, yeah. Albert, that actually is the death of the Rose Bowl you know in regards I, to I the Big wanna, Ten Pac-12. I, I, I,
4: Brady, Brady, I just wanted to see one time USC or UCLA representing the Big Ten in the Rose Bowl, I guess. Oh, <laughs> I mean, there's, 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 there's a very oh, good chance.
2: There's a very good chance that could happen. Uh, let me say this, though, in, in defense of the first system, or at least the way it's put out there, is it, it is interesting. Like, You know, you, you bring up the point of well, a fan's going to have to go to a, a neutral site. Whatever. Well, they might have to do that anyway. Like, If you're a wildcard team in the NFL your team goes on a run and you want to go to the games, you've got to buy a ticket anyway. So that's kind of always existed. And I don't know about you, but I would be much more apt to go to a nice destination where a lot of these bowl games are to go watch that game as opposed to, I don't know, any other city that might be tough to travel to because of weather at that point in time in the year. Uh, I, I think there's a lot of ancillary benefits that outside of just the bowl making money. I think there's a lot of benefits, not only for the player, the way they're treated, et cetera, where it, it makes sense the way it is. And, and by the way, this, this thing could continue to expand. Who knows if it's just going to stay at 12. It could go to 16. There might be more of an opportunity to have more, you know, first-round games on, on campuses and so forth.
4: Yeah, I just, like, I, I like I, I don't know. I, like, I feel like even the semifinals now, like, all right, so, like, for me, like, obviously, like, somebody my age, I've got kids, I've got a job, all of that. Like if Ohio State had made it to the championship game like last year, I, I would have gone. Right, I would have gone to LA for the championship game. I couldn't. I, I couldn't make it work going to the semifinal and the and the final. Right, but there were a lot of like Ohio State people in Atlanta that went to that game. I think like a, like again, like I just think asking people to go to three straight rounds or getting enough alumni. To yeah, but how's that go any different, different th-
2: from March Madness?
4: Well, have you ever been to like the first couple rounds of March Madness?
2: yeah but I'm like, saying but, but those arenas are I mean those implement arenas the same logic if you're following your team to a national championship no, in college basketball. I,
4: I know no, it, it is the same, but like if you go to those first and second round games, right, March Madness now, they've gotten smarter about putting them in places where like fans of certain teams can get to, right but like I mean there are I've seen it before I, like, I've, I've been to those games like I covered a few of those when I was younger where this, the, the the arena is like 25% full, but like there's nobody at them. You know what I mean? Like, and it's just, you know, it, basically like the arena is a television set, you know what I mean? And we don't notice that on TV because they have ways to manipulate it and everything else. I mean, I, I'm not saying you'd have that in football for like a quarterfinal game, but I mean, it, it like, let's say like that, those quarterfinals are what are those? Are those going to be over new years? Is that right?
1: Uh, no, I think it's the week before. I think it's like the okay. 20th or something like that. So
4: it would be like Christmas? Yeah, around so that time. I, like, I just don't know. Like, like, like it's, Again, Like, it's just like getting people into the stadium where it's not just a completely like flat corporate crowd for those games. I think it's going to be borderline impossible. And that's why I think like at least if you put them on campus, half of the, that matchup, like half of the fans of, that, of, of the two teams in that matchup have great access to the game, which means you're going to give that game atmosphere, and you're also going to really incentivize.
2: You're, you're assuming that, but, but there's a lot of students who are already home for winter break.
4: But there's still people in those cities that are going to go. You know what I mean? In college like, towns? Still- yeah, and a lot. I mean, of them. not
2: like, everywhere's like Columbus, Ohio, buddy. Like you, you go to no, some of these other know. schools, like but, they've but, got but a commute. But where, you
4: went to, where, but where you went to school, like like there's how many people have just well, made the drive from Chicago? You know, like there are tons. Like Yeah, if, kids,
2: if, if, no, if, if if Notre if Dame's playing, yeah, of course. But like I'm saying, you're not going to get that away crowd, and you're not going to have a student body because even then, you yeah. know, maybe your student section stays around, but there's a lot of who are going to be going
1: home. Well, we'll uh, we've got some time to discuss this further. We, we're <laughs> up against it, Albert. So we apologize. Uh, by the way, uh, the quarterfinals are New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. Uh, that's re- being reported on by Lee Delap. So, uh, but Albert, we appreciate it again. Sorry about that. We're up against thanks, it AB. at Albert Breer yeah, on thanks, Twitter, man. and we'll do it again we're next Thursday. Okay.
3: Yeah, there up. he All is. All right, my
4: phone made it too. Yeah, yes. oh, hell yeah, the work J- 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 M- has begun.
3: Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific.
1: Listen to the Bali and Tony Fusco Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. on google play or the app store game on jj watt the mm-hmm. former houston texan arizona cardinal he decided to call it quits at the end of last year so he'll be going into the hall of fame about five years from now with tom brady assuming tom brady doesn't come out of retirement so that's going to be a star-studded hall of fame class couple of first ballot guys but jj watt talked about his decision to walk away whether or not he's got any regret this courtesy of sirius xm
5: I sit here and I watch these OTA practices that these guys are going back to, and I see the the you know the Instagram posts that these teams are putting out of them running through the bags, them doing the drills, um, and all I think to myself is. I'm so glad I don't have to be out there chasing those guys around and trying to catch them, you know. Uh, I haven't run since the, the final game of the season. So that San Francisco game is the last time that I've, I've run. I still lift, I still work out, but cardio has kind of taken a bit of a back seat. So I don't think I'm going to have any problems because it's, it's more of a matter of physically being able to do it and wanting to do it, and I don't. I'm, I'm very at peace with my decision. I'm very at peace with how it all went down and how it all ended, and I don't think I'm going to have any because I physically won't be able to. I'm a guy who, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to go out there to try and be the absolute best. And I know now that I'm not training that way. I'm not treating my body that way. So I'm not going to put myself in a situation where I'm going to look like a fool either.
1: So that was JJ Watt, courtesy of Sirius XM uh, NFL Radio. I didn't realize that he had had 12 and a half sacks last year. As yeah. far as how he went out, uh, obviously not. You know in his prime but it had been a while since he had had a double-digit sack season i want to say five maybe six years so at least if that's the final time we see jj watt at least he went out with a better representation as to who he was in his prime than than what we've seen when the injuries caught up with him over the past several years
2: <laughs> yeah i was just to say pretty remarkable too for a, a guy who at 33 you know getting double-digit sacks but um, yeah, I think the last the last time we saw him playing as the J.J. Watt that most people recall was probably 2018. Um, you know, when he was an, uh, an all-pro and and all that good stuff, getting 16 sacks. But he, uh, he to me, he's a first-ballot Hall of Famer. I think when he first got into the league, that string of the first like four to five years he was in Houston, he was like impossible to block. I mean, absolutely ridiculous. I think he led the league in sacks like two of those. Four years yeah. but just all pro just ridiculous ridiculous uh player i think he won one defensive player of the year three times yep i mean it's just he had a remarkable career and, and i think he's one of those guys when you see him in person i got a chance to call the atlanta game and i remember uh matt burke their defensive line coach he's like i'm doing everything i can to help him get to this goal at this point because the cardinals were out of the hunt and they didn't have any postseason aspirations. And so you look for those little goals. You look for those little things that you can hang your hat on. And and every, and every even the rest of the D-line, they're like, yeah, how, how can we help set up J.J. to get a sack? And they really wanted him to just get to 10. And obviously he got to 10 in that game. And I remember, it; I think it came in the second half and – uh, he was just working his tail off to to be a part of it. and I, and by the way, the Falcons who they were playing against were very well aware of JJ. Watt where he was and, and the fact that he's trying to still get those sacks. so they were doing everything they could with their protection and shipping him and everything else. Like it was kind of the game within the game. Uh, but he got he got that sack. he got the 10 and then obviously the next week he he balled out versus San Francisco. but
1: one of the years so, that he won uh, that uh, Aaron Rodgers won MVP JJ J. Watt actually finished second. So not yeah. only was he player of the year, but almost the MVP of the entire league. Yeah, uh,
0: Rightfully so. He's he's deserving of all the accolades that he receives. Um, he's one of the not only great players of our game, he's one of the great ambassadors of our game as well. And I think that should be stated. I think some some may forget how tragic uh, the the floods were. Um, that, yes. that took place and and how he jumped to action and, and did so many things to, to impact and help the community. That's one, that's one thing that I usually am big on, judging guys that's like, I, I, you know, they're guys that can play the game and they play it really well and they'll end up going in, into the hall, but you just don't, you know, they're kind of questionable in terms of how you feel about them as a person. And, you know, J.J. Watt has just been one of those guys. I've been a fan of his game regardless because I just love his motor and 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 I'd love his approach to the game. I, I mean, anybody can have whatever opinions they may want to have about him. I've you know, I've talked to different guys <clears throat> within the annals of pass rushers that, you know, would would make discussion points in terms of, you know, what and how it, you know, different things happen to get the certain stats, but to me, when you look at what JJ Watt's body of work is on the on the field, there's no denying what it is that he's been able to accomplish. There's no denying how dominant he was. He's probably one at one point in time. I mean, he was the most dominant football player, I would say, on both sides of the ball. At one point, he had a run where he was the most dominant player in the National Football League. So I don't know how many people you can say you know, have been that impactful and that dominant during their career. You know, in 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 the pros, so
2: he had
1: almost seventy sacks in a four year stretch. that's yeah, so, pretty. That's it's that's,
2: ridiculous. It's yeah. Yeah. And if you haven't seen him in person, you don't have an appreciation for how well he moves for his size. Like he is a massive human being. I, it's just standing on the field and watching him warm up and, and just kind of like just appreciating what was. What, I mean, I'm calling the game, but. As as a fan of the game, uh, with, with t- a ton of respect for the individual, I am just watching him thinking this is, you know, year what, twelve, thirteen, whatever it was for him. And the way he prepares his body, the way he warms up, the way he goes about his craft, uh, there are so many things that are impressive, but even just the athlete he is at his size, and and, and I'm sure for him, probably the, the the cherry on top at the very end of, of, of last season was you know, he went through that stretch of years where he just could not get healthy. He had health scares. He had all these things, and and at one point in his career, he was playing at such a high level, he probably felt invincible. And literally, in a league of men who are like superheroes, he was better than everyone for a period of time. Yeah, and he he still was out there, you know, at least for for a period there, trying to find his way just back to that his normal self. And I think he got to the point where, probably last year, he realized like this is. This is probably it. Like I'm, I'm not gonna be what I once was. I'm starting a family. I, I want to transition to this next portion of my life.
1: Did you guys? How far after your career, when it was over, did you guys say, "Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I have no desire to go back." Because there's probably the itch to want to return. But how, how soon after your career were you finally able to say, "That's it." I, I, I have slept no three years after
0: I retired. Literally three years. I slept. I did not think about anything other than eating food hanging with my family chilling that that was that was traveling no desire to go back hell no it was it when I was it it was it like I didn't know <laughs> knew I was done. See,
2: I mean it, it, I think it's different when you play a position where there's so much more physicality and, and really violence involved right like the mindset that LeVar took or JJ took um, it, it's just it's different Right? Like you're you're talking about a street fight almost every single day for your job for the entirety of your career. And and the physicality that's involved in, in pushing through the pain and everything else is very different. You know, for quarterbacks you suffer injuries, but the the majority of your career, like, yeah, you fight through something, but it, it's not the physicality every single day. And so for me it's like I, I would I would go back and play in a heartbeat. But the the truth of the matter is like after I had my back surgery and as it took me like six, seven months out from the surgery, I was like, Man, my, my, like I was dealing with drop foot in my right leg. And I remember telling my agent at the time, I'm like, he kept asking, he's like, well, how do you feel? Are you ready? I'm like, no. I was like, I don't feel like I used to, I can't spring off my back foot. I can't like my dro- dropping back felt different. Trying to get that initial you know, sense of urgency to move and, and, and be able to just try to move around a pocket. It, nothing felt the same. And I thought to myself at that moment, I'm like, well, this takes away from how the game feels. When you don't feel like you can be 100 percent or what you once were, it really takes away from the overall experience of it, because when you go out there, you know that you're already playing less than 100 percent. And in my case, like I wasn't the most dynamic athlete. I'm athletic enough, but you know for me, it's like I needed to have myself at as close to 100 percent as possible in order to compete. And so that was the struggle was it wasn't mental. Like, I've loved the game. It's why I kept, you know, staying in broadcasting. It's why I've always thought of being involved in a greater capacity, whether that's coaching or front office. But the truth of the matter is, like, my personal situation with my family, I'm not willing to sacrifice, you know, my family and their lives to be able to coach a bunch of other young men or or go into an organization and do that. Like, I've already made that up. But the the physical battle was one where it was, like, kind of easy because you're like, well, if this doesn't feel like how – once used to, I'm not going to be able to go, go back and, and play the way I, I'd hoped I can play. I'm, I'm only being delusional, but the desire is always there mentally, mm-hmm. at least for me.
1: Yeah, yeah, but uh, think about it. If you went back and did all that fun stuff and, like, you know, play started games in the playoffs and all that, you couldn't play grab-ass every morning with us, you know? Like, the, you found your calling, I feel like. I mean, you're good yeah, at this. I really this. need to start training and Oh come on, play again, huh? Come on. Just, yeah. just embrace it. And, plus, you're still jacked, all right? It's not like you, you got out of shape or anything like that. I mean, just still jacked yeah. all the way to the gills. Yep, to the gills. Or, as they say in <laughs> Dublin, Ohio, tore up from the floor. Tore up from the, up. the floor. Up. Yeah, okay. ripped up no like a that. bad report card. Ripped
0: up like a bad report card. That's pretty much it. That's pretty yeah. much it.
1: Is not not a not a lot going there on. There is not there th- a three lot bullets going in the chamber. On. I just fired all of them. All the bullets are gone. By the way, Lavar just showed me a slow mo of him killing a bug inside. <laughs> It's like the Zabruder film. <laughs> like,
2: back into hey the land. man, lab. you need to produce that and package it and send it out. People would watch that sort of thing. I'm
0: telling
1: you, bro. That bad boy. I mean, boy. if
2: people watch, like, Pimple Poppin' and all that, they would definitely <laughs> watch that.
0: Yeah.
1: And oh. people do watch that, and that is oh, yeah. the most disgusting thing It in is the world. You, vile you. and
2: disgusting. Jonas watches that.
1: No, I don't. Don't lie. That's so don't nasty. Lie. I got I got physically <laughs> ill just now. That's so, uh, it's so gross. Especially when I it just lie, looks just.
0: like a straight toothpaste-like <laughs> deal. Like, it's just keeps going god yeah
1: neosporin back are <laughs> you gonna puke yes what's wrong with you i'll puke <laughs> The, the new st-
0: <laughs> come on man don't do that. The, the, like, you know,
2: like that don't do, <laughs> do that like, bro the night before you didn't have it but you wake up in the morning and you look at your face you're like where the hell did that come
1: right from? <laughs> right. That's Dream one of the, the most
2: demoralizing too. feelings. Is like you're like, all oh, right.
0: You, you
1: know what I I can't stand about because I think it's an acne fairy. I think an acne fairy shows up at night while you're sleeping, rubs its it, rubs its yeah his his yeah. wand in in like oh, uh, pizza grease it's a and he, wipes your it's face a he
0: fairy probably probably a he, acne fairy he or she <laughs> it, yeah it doesn't matter he yeah it probably it doesn't, doesn't identify no, as anything. no definitely or not or it might uh, anyway uh you know the thing that that I got a beer
1: sponsorship though. What? <laughs> what? 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 <laughs> you, you know,
0: I can't even keep going. Just, just go, I mean, you're
1: going to make yourself I, sick if you talk about it anyway. Well, well,
0: here's the thing, right? <laughs> uh, here's what I was trying to do before you said the beer, the the the, the, the little fairy said do. on
2: Dodge yeah. talking shoulders. Right?
0: Yeah, that one too. <laughs> <laughs> limbo stick Look, limbo stick the fairy. Light
2: of the week so far. <laughs> He's got, got limbo,
0: three armpits limbo stick fairy <laughs> had don king in a head eh? <laughs> hey, you ever have somebody walk up on you and they have a big old white head like big impregnated white head yes and you want to like and they talk to you Ugh. as if it's not the one thing that's right in your face and they just keep talking and they just keep talking and it's like you finally get to the point of where you're like bro are you going to handle that and they tell you, oh no, I don't g- pop them. Yeah, because it's going to create a scar. It's going to create a yeah.
1: scar. Okay.
2: Yeah, it's BS. I'd rather they, have they, a they, scar. They go to the dermatologist. And the dermatologist it's, does it for them. It's formal.
1: just, <laughs> I'd rather have a, a scar than that light switch on your mouth. You're walking around with, and that's exactly, and they they that's oh, their man. reasoning and their justification for walking around with that disgusting thing on their face. And here's a
2: question: Would you ever pop it for them? No. Like, I, hey, you got something on your face? I'm just- my, kids,
0: kids. Yeah. Okay. kids
2: what happens if it was like on their
0: neck like if it was Carson Wentz that walked in on nah, us man would nah, you nah, would nah, you pop nah, it nah, nah. all right let's go around the room Lee are you if if he needed assistance with his neck acne and one was just ridiculously ginormously big uh, would you pop it for him no
1: nah, yep. I'm good but I'll take one of those uh electric swatters to it yeah.
0: okay oh Berto hell no Eddie, are you are you are are you in on yeah, this? Eddie, uh, Eddie you want in on Would this? you would you pop Carson Wentz's whitehead if it was on his neck and he needed your assistance? No, I would not. You would not. No, I would not. Jonas, I mean, well, maybe. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Would he pay me for it? Sure, he's going to pay you for it. How much? Oh,
1: hundred bucks. No, hundred bucks. No, no, no. that's okay, not we'll enough. All right, Eddie. No. All right, Eddie. I have my what? price, but it's more than hundred. All right, five hundred. Yeah, five hundred. Oh He's my God, 500, Eddie! Five hundred
2: bucks. Yeah. hundred. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I think as a backup quarterback that falls like if Wentz is starting and there, you're a backup quarterback that falls under your duties as a backup. and <laughs> <Ooh, laughs> you got to walk sad. around <laughs> with a
0: clipboard. <laughs> <laughs> you got to help him out and some gauze pads. <laughs> oh maybe you get it. Maybe you get it with the
2: clipboard. You know, you find like a sharp edge of the clipboard and you get it.
0: God, no wonder Mike Cass. What do I call that? Lancing?
1: Do you lance it? Is that what it's called? I don't know what, what, what it is. Saying,
2: man, that's that's yeah. cool. All right, Jonas. Jonas,
1: would you do it? And you already know the answer to that. That guy. He doesn't have acne, he's got a solar system. are you, Ann? Would you help I told him? You,
2: it depends on the role. Yeah. If you're if you're in there as a backup, he's he's your
3: starter, you got to help brother out. Yeah. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Oh, oh, oh.
1: It's Freddie Prinze
2: Jr. and Jeff Die back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff.